Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is happening with the greatest dynasty in all of sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, and uh, yeah, today uh, I guess we've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, you know, thoughts are with uh, AJ Ferrari and his family, and uh, of course, uh, Asai Rodriguez, um, and uh the other people that were involved in the uh, car accident on Sunday uh, where AJ, you know, made a mistake, uh, got into a really bad car accident and um, frankly is lucky that he is alive, right? Uh, It's a terrible, terrible thing. I'm glad that uh, they were wearing their seatbelts. I'm glad that nobody was seriously hurt. Um, Just scary (laughs) it it could happen to any of us right it could happen to anybody uh driving down the road any day so uh really glad that uh aj's all right um uh, you know it sounds like uh from reports from coach smith and from his dad and brother that he certainly is shaken up some things can come out of these car accidents that uh you just never know right so uh, we might not see him for a few weeks we might not see him again this season just depends on what happens uh so hopefully he's he's back at it though and he can uh um get there based on what we do know about aj ferrari it's gonna take a a lot to keep him off the mat and to keep him away from com- competition, uh, I I think that uh, this kind of adversity um, could potentially make him a lot stronger. Uh, um, and then you know navigating all the things that are going to come along with this is is definitely not going to be easy. But uh, hey, uh, you know this guy's got a the mindset of somebody who can certainly overcome it. So he's not the type that I necessarily worry about. Uh, or I would necessarily worry about. You shouldn't either. Just hope that he gets better and that uh, uh, we're able to move on from this. You know, the most important thing is everybody's uh, safe. So that's uh, terrifying stuff. I know that uh, uh, Coach Smith discussed it in depth there in a couple of press conferences, and they went through it. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild Um you know, definitely that uh, when that news broke on, I guess it was Monday night when that news broke. Uh, There's a lot of speculation. You know, there's a lot of bad information that floated out there, um, and there's a lot of just you know re- real concern. You know, I was really hoping to get good news before I went to sleep and and fortunately we did from uh, AJ's younger brother so um yeah that was <laughs> scary stuff you know it was uh I think we were all experiencing that where it was just a holy smokes uh huge car accident AJ Ferrari's involved uh Casey Dunn will be being there to pull him from the car that's pretty wild uh <laughs> I guess that speaks to how small Stillwater is. So um, glad he was there to help. I'm glad he had the frame of mind to stop, 
to not get hit, to not be a, a part of the accident, you know, that's, uh, man, just, again, really, really scary stuff, because uh, this thing about these car accidents, it's, they're accidents, um, you know, it sounds like there was some speeding involved and passing in a no-passing zone, which, um, you know, is never a good idea, uh, um, but look, nineteen-year-old kids make mistakes, so it just—I'm glad it didn't cost him his life, or or it didn't cost you know the the driver of the other car uh, their life or his passenger, because um, we we've all been impacted by that at one time or another. So uh, yeah, definitely glad that that story is not worse than it could be uh, for AJ. Um, on to better news and better topics. Uh, there are, uh, some rankings changes that have taken place in the last couple of weeks. Oklahoma State as a team is up to number three in the dual rankings behind Penn State and Iowa. Um, a lot of that's helped from, you know, the Big Ten eating itself at this point. Penn State handled Michigan pretty good last weekend um wasn't even really close <laughs> uh, michigan just got outworked their conditioning is not good uh, and then iowa had a, a close one with ohio state so um you know it's just that schedule for the big 10 it it just kind of tends to to do that um, and then some of our guys have moved around in the rankings. Uh, Mastro is up to number six. Uh, Dayton's still number two. Uh, Carter Young has – he broke into the top 20 for a couple weeks, but it was a little bit uh, premature, I guess. Uh, he is back down to number 21. Uh, G's been staying put at number 14. Wyatt the same at number 13. Um, frankly, I think that Wyatt is about right. G is underranked or underrated at this at this point, but um, also he hasn't really wrestled anybody, so it's hard to to push him up any higher than that. But there are some guys ahead of him that are getting by on name. Uh, Yaya Thomas shouldn't be ranked ahead of G, um, so we'll see what happens here over the course of the season as as that works itself out. You know rankings aren't really important until uh, seeding time. But, but that's the thing. Like, the seeds matter a lot. So um, you want to see your guys get bumped up a little bit. Uh, Whitlake's at number six. Uh, Plot's at number eight. Uh, Gear is at number nine. So he's back into the top ten. Uh, AJ's number one. Uh, Cerber is number 29. So he's actually moved up in spite of taking a couple of losses. Um, Luke Serber's been able to to kind of dance up the rankings a little bit, which probably means the guys around him that are fringe qualifiers are losing more than he is, by more than he is. And, and you know, Cer Serber's had a great run here in when he wrestles guys he's better than definitively. He scores bonus points. So uh, that's probably helping him a lot. Um, 
So good news in the rankings overall. Uh, there's a couple of things that are a little bit questionable, like with G. Um, Whitlake, I feel like what he's lost like four times in his career or something like that. Um, let's see, three times last year, once in 2020, I guess twice in 2020. And then once so far this year. So five. He's got five losses in his career or something like that. And, uh, they sleep on him. But he doesn't really do himself much favors. Because when he gets into matches with high-ranked guys, he kind of clams up. So I, I think that's changing a lot this year. Um, we'll see. I, I think as as this these next couple weeks come up, he's he's got some tests. So we'll see if he... Uh, one, if he's recovered from this injury, because he hasn't wrestled for two duels now. So if he's uh, recovered enough to get back on the mat, he's got a couple of good matchups this weekend. and um, he, But he's not going to jump anybody ahead of him in the rankings either, because they're all um, big-name guys. I mean, Evan Wick at Cal Poly is uh, number one, and he's having a great season um then of course you have uh carson karchla who beat marinelli uh you have and that's what jumped that's what actually bumped whitley down to number six from number five you have uh uh griffith of course at stanford still in the mix there uh so i you know there's just it's hard to say that Whitlake deserves to be ranked higher, but uh, it, it just, it, he's the returning fourth place finisher. So it's just kind of like a, well, you know, you, we know what he's capable of and he's had a great career. So uh, it's kind of weird that he gets underrated, but, uh, but at the same time, is he? <laughs> so it's just one of those things. But overall, good news with the rankings. Um... I was going to talk about this last week, but, uh, well, I guess, you know, clear the air. I missed last week. I had to take a business trip. Uh, so I had an in-person meeting for the first time in a couple of years, which is great because selling in person is, is better than selling over a Zoom, but um, it definitely mucked up my schedule a little bit, so I... Uh, you know, had to skip last week. I, the travel and some other things popped up. So apologies for that. Uh, I'm also on the road this week, but uh, and making time to do this because uh, it's important. I know that uh, um, uh, some of y'all like to hear it, and I, I've enjoying doing it. So uh, I'm really uh, uh, glad we're able to get back on track here. But I meant to talk about it last week, and I want to talk about it now. The uh, schedule. And attendance issue just really is kind of it's it's bugging me. Um, I John Smith today in his media availability said that uh, he's not concerned about his guys not having many matches at this point in the season. He does wish they had more, and he does wish that they had faced up against some more quality opponents. But he has conference obligations, and just scheduling for this year was tough after all the pandemic stuff. Uh, it just became 
hard for him to to put together a a better schedule this season and um you know that's tough to to come to grips with just because uh you know we're Oklahoma State wrestling so I don't know necessarily what the the issue would be you know if you call a program and you offer to go to them then they're gonna take it um the issue probably is that you're at you know you ask for a return and they're not they don't want to come to Stillwater so like what does Michigan have to gain from having a duel with Oklahoma State they're going to take an L and some of their guys might take losses you know and that affects their seating and it affects their um confidence and it affects everything else uh, not to say that they're scared it's just they don't really gain much to come to Stillwater. Uh, they gain for us to go there because it's probably going to be a sellout duel. You know, uh, when they had Penn State in town last weekend, uh, it was a sellout. But then when Rutgers, uh, was it Rutgers, whoever came in on Sunday there was hardly anybody in the stands. So, you know, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Iowa draw. And that's uh, just a truth, you know. Um, went to Rutgers. They sold out their arena. Went to Princeton. They sold out their arena a few years ago, you know. So, like, that kind of stuff really matters. And, and also, like, I don't know. I just I, I think it's interesting that we're – having trouble scheduling those kind of duels at the same time you know it should be pretty easy to go get North Carolina North Carolina State Oregon State uh, Duke um, you know the pro- Army Army West Point those programs where Oklahoma State guys are the coaches we should be wrestling them you know, we, we should be going to their place to help them out. And then uh, they should be returning the favor. And uh, I don't know. I, I imagine that those conversations are being had. It's just a, a matter of obligations. And uh, the uncertainty of the past couple of years probably affected um, all of that. So... Um, you know, I, I, I imagine it will improve over the, uh, for next year, but it's tough because up to this point in the season, and then moving into the attendance issue, up to this point in the season, there hasn't really been much reason to go to Gallagher-Iba to see really any of the teams they've wrestled until Lehigh. But when they gave away the Columbia, you know, when they got Columbia to to reschedule and come to Stillwater, it was free. It was a free ticket. And it was a pretty paltry crowd. And then Lehigh came to town. Again, not a lot of people in the stands, you know. I know that Adam Ingle said that there were about 4,000 people. I, I have trouble believing that, looking at pictures. You know, 
Um, and look, I'm part of the problem. I don't. I I can only go to a couple of duels a year, right? And I pick and choose, and I go to the you know premier ones. I go to Iowa. I go to Missouri. I go to Bedlam. Uh, I'm going this weekend to U and I Iowa State. Great duel weekend. So uh, it's it's hard to. It's just it's just hard for me to 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 kind of grasp you know why it, it is the way it is. I I feel like we really need to do better as a fan base. Um, we need to show up, right? We need to get in the building. And look, I'm not gonna pretend that the 500 of you that listen aren't going. Uh, if you can be there, you're there. I know you are. But you care about Oklahoma State Wrestling. You listen to this podcast. Um, how do we reach the other, you know, six or 7,000 people and get them in the building? Right? Because if you get that many people in the building, we know what it's like when you fill up that arena and get them into the building and get them into it. I mean, people in Oklahoma, for the most part, are aware of wrestling. You know, they had a brother that wrestled. They had uh, a, a friend that wrestled. They wrestled, you know, in high school or in middle school. It's a huge thing. So how do we get more butts in the seats? And how do we make it consistent? How do we get what not just Iowa and Penn State have, but what Rutgers has? where they consistently fill up their arena, you know? Um, I really want that for Oklahoma State, and I'm willing to, you know, put my... voice behind it. I, You know, it, again, it's hard for me, and it's only going to get harder for me to, to actually go to duels... Um, because I live far away, and uh, it's just part of it. But like, beyond that, how do I um help there? How do I help encourage people to get there? How do we market it better? You know, and I can only do so much too. I'm, you know, some guy <laughs> four hours away that is uh. Uh, limited in my audience and limited limited in my scope and I, you know ultimately I'm unimportant um, but like I think asking the questions is important and I think that demanding better is important and that challenging the people who are there to make it better is an important thing for us to do. For those of us that really care, so if you listen to this podcast, if you post on one of the message boards, if you can send an email, you know, send it. Send it to Chad Weiberg. Send it to whoever and say, hey, what do we need to do to get more people in the stands for wrestling duels and 
yeah, I mean, I think that the I think there has to be a more compelling reason to go than Columbia. Uh, like, I'm I'm glad that we wrestled Columbia. It's the oldest program in wrestling. There's reasons to be excited to see Columbia wrestle or Army or North Carolina or whoever, right? But it also holds a lot of cachet. We we get Iowa every other year. We get Minnesota every other year. The two those are the two Big Ten schools with the cojones to come to Stillwater and have a home and home with us. You know, why doesn't Illinois? Why doesn't Wisconsin? Why doesn't Purdue? Why doesn't Michigan? Why doesn't Michigan State? Why doesn't Ohio State? Right? Like, why don't we have that? And and I have to think that it's been floated by John Smith. But I just, I imagine that those programs probably just, you know, well, we don't want to take an L, you know. Minnesota doesn't mind. Iowa thinks they're going to win it every year. It, but they should. I mean, it, that's the rivalry, right? Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I, I just, uh, th- there's a chicken and egg argument here too, you know. Uh, to get better matchups, do we need more butts in the seats? To, to get more butts in the seats, do we need better matchups? I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard question to answer. But you've, you've also got, and this is a thing with basketball and a lot of other sports up there, you know, you've got 20,000 ready to go, you know, people with nothing else to do. And don't try to convince me that they're studying, you know, they're not. They're getting drunk, playing video games, making TikTok videos, you know. So uh, I think that that's another, like, how, how do you make it appealing to the, get a third of the student body to show up and you've got a full arena, right? So you don't even need a third of them. You need a quarter of them to show up and you need the blue hairs and you've got a full arena. So I, it's, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating topic and I don't make friends when I talk about it. But Oklahoma State needs to be better at getting people into the building, not just for wrestling, but for everything. And it is for especially for wrestling, you know, it's the most storied program in the sport. We had that um, Adam Ingalls been doing these uh, Twitter spaces little meetups after the duels on Sunday. And I've joined in because, uh, you know, he invites, he, he invites it. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's fun to have the conversation. I, I think it's a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I really enjoy, enjoy doing it on the first one though. Um, we talked about, does the average Oklahoma state student know who John Smith is? And the Adams teammates, the other reporters, didn't know who John Smith was until they were forced to go cover wrestling. That's pathetic. It's pathetic that somebody was forced to go cover wrestling. Adam took it, 
Like he said, I want to, I want wrestling, you know, and uh, that's great. I'm, I'm, I, he's doing it, and he's killing it. He's doing an awesome job. But he had teammates that just didn't have any idea. And what, what is that? You know, like why? <laughs> uh, people should be proud of it. When you step into Gallagher Iba and you look up and you see all those banners, you know, 51 of them, more than half are wrestling. So it's, 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 it's just, it's concerning. And it's, uh, it's been a problem for a long time. And I, I just, I want to understand how do we get better and, uh, how do we, um, get people there. I just, I just want to see it improve. So with that, uh, I've got a couple of duels to recap because I missed last week. We'll start with the Columbia duel. Oklahoma State won 35-6. Trevor, uh, Master Giovanni, uh, picked up a major decision. Uh, So so I I didn't get to watch the first two uh, matches in this duel because there was a streaming issue, um, which, you know, kind of is what it is it's uh, never surprising at this rate when a streaming issue pops up so uh, hey, hey whatever it, it fortunately it was only the first two matches so uh, didn't get to see Trevor wrestle didn't get to see Dayton wrestle um, let's see here uh, Trevor uh, has been looking really good though right uh um, he picked up a major decision over a ranked wrestler. Uh, Joe Manchio was number 20 in the country, and, uh, and Trevor um, was really aggressive. He got a late takedown uh, to finish the first period and then uh, scored two more takedowns throughout the match. Um, gives him a lot of momentum, right? Like he just keeps beating these ranked guys, and he keeps having – a pretty stellar season at this rate. Trevor seems to have really taken that step that you want to see guys take in their second and third year in the program. So uh, really exciting stuff from Trevor. Uh, Dayton picked up a major over Angelo Rini. Um, just he got multiple takedowns. He, he got a turn. Uh, he's, he's really doing it great. So, you know, Dayton's... Kind of bonusing his way through the season at this point. Uh, he's he's been looking fantastic. So uh, great stuff from Dayton in that one. Um, then you got to Carter Young. Uh, Carter lost this one to number nineteen Matt Casimir, uh, six to one, and it it wasn't close. Uh, Carter um, kind of ran into the same issue that he ran into in his first loss on the season against uh, Berglund from Minnesota, where he was uh, able to get to Casimir's uh, legs, but couldn't finish. And then when Casimir got a takedown, he just rode Carter 
hard, and it was not pretty. Um, he uh, just was stuck on his belly, just wasn't able to get to his base, wasn't able to work up, and just wasn't able to do anything. Um, not really surprising. Uh, most freshmen really struggle at the bottom position. Uh, uh, Trevor struggled with it last year, um, so it's 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 pretty common at this rate. So it's good for him to get this, these uh, practices, especially with a wrestler like Young, who uh, seems to really learn from his mistakes. But Casimir presented a couple of other challenges. To, to Carter, uh, aside from the riding ability, uh, he was hand fighting really strong, uh, kind of putting a lot of pressure on Young's head, uh, and his hands were really heavy, so he was hitting Young pretty hard, um, which happens, right? And it's just going to get more physical uh, from here, too. Young's got some uh, other heavy hitters coming up. I think this weekend he's got... One for sure, who's a tough, heavy-handed wrestler. Um, Alan Hart from Missouri is like that, uh, and then of course Jay Nyerman is a boxer, essentially. So it's not going to get easier for Carter, and uh, he he needs to. Uh, Coach Coach Smith has said, you know, he needs to get tougher. Um, and I think he will. I think he'll get tougher and he'll get better. I think. Um, after that loss, G, uh, came out and said, you know, uh, Carter is one of the best wrestlers he's wrestled and he's wrestled Nick Lee and Jaden Ironman and all of these guys, right? So G's been around a long time and, uh, he, he says that Carter technically is as good as those guys. He just needs to get tougher and needs to continue to work and, uh, that's something that he's been tasked with helping him do. He's he's trying to help him get tougher and stronger and uh, fight his way up. So um, <clears throat> I think Carter. I I think we should uh, kind of tamp our expectations with Carter a little bit. Um, I I don't think he's an All American contender this year. Uh, look, he hasn't won a ranked match. Um, I do think he could surprise a couple of people early at the NCAA tournament. I do think he's going to qualify. Um, if he can pick up a win, maybe two, then we'll call it a great tournament for him, right? Uh, but I really expect him to make a jump next year uh, after spending more time in the room, working hard, getting beat up a little bit. I think he's going to continue to learn and grow and, and just really become a better wrestler. And I, I think I think that's why they threw him into the fire this year, frankly. So, um, so yeah, uh, tough loss for Carter, but one that will ultimately uh, be good for him in the long run. G continued to look really better than he's... Um, ever looked. He picked up another tech fall over Danny Fongero, seventeen to two, uh, with at the five thirty two mark in the match. Uh, he uh, 
<laughs> just has really looked good. I mean, G's been a a man on fire here uh, this year. He's he's uh, he's been wrestling well. Wyatt picked up a decision over Andrew Gar. Uh, was an eight to five. Um, ho hum Wyatt match. You know he did what he does best. Uh, number twenty two, Josh. Agunsanya at Columbia. He picked up a decision over Jalen Harper, who was filling in for uh, Travis Whitlake, who has been out with a. Uh, it sounds like he just had a little bit of a, a, a cartilage issue, uh, and they're just kind of nursing it and taking it easy. Didn't want to make it worse than it needed to be, so um, they put in Jalen Harper, who uh, you know did what he needed to do outsized at 165 pounds and uh hey you know he filled in uh dustin plot picked up a decision over nick fine four to three um honestly kind of a weird match for plot he hasn't he hadn't wrestled in a month um and he's looked pretty much dominant before this match, but uh, Plot kind of struggled early in this one. It started slow and uh, worked his way back, picked up uh, a couple takedowns to, to get the win, but um, I guess one takedown and two escapes to get the win. And, you know, kind of a, it's just kind of a weird one. We'll, we'll chalk it up to being off for an extended period of time. Because he missed that Little Rock duel. Uh, Dakota Gear picked up a major decision over Brian Bonino, 17-3. AJ with the pin over Sam Westfeld at the 601 mark. And then uh, Cerber uh, got a major over Jalen Stevens. So with Whitlake in the lineup and with Plot wrestling uh, to his capability... 165 to heavyweight really is super exciting moving forward. I mean, just a bit of a murderer's row. Gear, obviously, this is his last season, but he has been just so good. I mean, just really dominant outside of the uh, Wyoming duel. Um, he's, he's looked great. I mean, what else can I say about Dakota Gear? Yeah, he's been a real win- winner and just leader on the team. Um, and then last weekend, the Pokes hosted Lehigh. Uh, the Mountain Hawks came to town uh, riding high. They picked up a big win over uh, Cornell, I believe. Um, have looked really, really good. Have, uh, as always, just have some great... Uh, uh, wrestlers, so um, Trevor picked up the uh, decision over another number twenty ranked wrestler, Jarrett Lane. However, Lane is really good. I mean, he he's somebody who could sneaky make noise at the tournament. He's somebody you, you don't want to be matched up with. So he's had a really solid career. Um, one that, uh, you know, uh, they're proud of there at Lehigh, and he's been a good training partner to um, some of their senior-level guys that they have at their RTC. So uh, 
that's that's a good win for Trevor. Picked up that five to one win. Dayton uh, pinned Malik Hines uh, with a minute thirty four. So I figured uh, it's the match started and Dayton looked like he was going to um, do what he's been doing and yeah, try to rack up as many points as he could and then finish with a fall. Uh, but he um, caught Hines was trying to work a roll through and he lost position and Dayton just finished it early uh, and and that's no uh, slouch either Hines is really really good um, really really good wrestler and somebody that uh, you know he you just can't make a mistake against Dayton Fix like that and uh, and get away with it. He's going to punish every mistake you make. And uh, that's what happened. Carter Young got his bounce back match against uh, Connor McGonigal. Uh, he, he picked up a 5-4 to four decision. But it was really tight. It was a really tight match. Uh, McGonigal picked up over a minute of riding time. Um, and, and Young had to perform some magic to pick up the win. Um, it was there was some poor officiating. Uh, McGonagall should have been hit with stalling a couple times, and he was able to rack up some riding time that he shouldn't have been able to because he was riding Carter's leg, and the official wasn't making the count. And uh, that should be you have four seconds or five seconds, and then it's stalling, and you reset and. Uh, the official didn't do that for some reason. I, I, I think that rule's been very poorly communicated. It's been in place for a couple of years now, but they missed it in the Michigan-Penn State match a couple times. They missed it in the Iowa-Ohio State match. Uh, they've missed it in a couple of Oklahoma State matches this year. They missed it uh, in uh, a North Carolina State match. They missed it in a Campbell match that I've watched. So, I mean, it's been kind of a weird rule uh it's just poorly enforced and i don't really understand um why it's so hard to figure out but um hey ultimately uh young picked up a win uh his you know he needs to get better at getting out on bottom but we just discussed that g picked up a five to one decision over paul watkins uh would have liked to have seen him do a little bit more there, but Watkins was definitely stalling on bottom, wouldn't give G anything, so uh, there's only so much you can do in some of those situations where the guy just lays on his belly. So, um, hey, you know, a win's a win. Um, in the match of the night, uh, number eight, Josh Humphreys, picked up a decision over Wyatt Sheets, 7-3, to three. Um, and it, it really wasn't that close. Uh you know, in picking this one, I would have said that Humphreys would have done the same thing, really. I mean, Humphreys has, I, I know they split before, but uh, Humphreys has just been a better wrestler. And uh, this year especially, he's he's been really, really good. Uh, seems to have kind of separated himself as a clear All-American contender. 
which I think Wyatt is an All-American contender too, but he's got some. He's got he's got a little bit to prove as well. So uh, I think that Humphreys just kind of showed you know where they are uh, different from uh, a level levels perspective. So it uh, wasn't really a close match. Humphreys looked great. Wyatt looked kind of sluggish and uh you know that's uh that's it's one of those matches that why it's just going to give up number 24 brian meyer defeated jalen harper filling in for travis master or travis whitlick again uh dustin plot picked up a decision over jake logan five to three um Again, another tight match for Plot. So uh, he, he's kind of slowed down. I, I guess he was sick. You know, uh, he may have lost a little lung when, with being ill. So uh, maybe he'll, he just needs to kind of get his conditioning back up. So we'll we'll see. We'll see if he gets better. I, I'm kind of concerned about how Dustin Plot's performed these last two duels. Um. Dakota Gear picked up another major decision. Just another bonus point win. Dakota Gear leading the team. You know, him and Dayton Fix really are. Uh, and AJ, they're they're crushing it. They just they're they're so good, and it's uh, it's really fun to watch. I I'm a I'm a huge Dakota Gear fan, and I'm really glad that uh, he's doing so well this year. So he picked up that major decision, twenty three to ten. A lot of scoring in this one. And uh, looking forward to seeing how he does in the coming week. AJ picked up a major decision over JT Davis, 12-2. Again, similar to uh, G, you know, AJ got the major. uh, He he probably could have worked a turn, uh, probably could have scored a tech on this one. Um, But... uh, I don't know. Ferrari wrestled kind of weird, and then Davis didn't really give him anything. So it was a it was a weird match. Uh, would like to see AJ be a little bit more aggressive on getting a tech fall uh, or a pin in these situations. Um, he's figured out how to pin guys, so uh, yeah, he he needs to he needs to do it. So, uh, it, it, but he, he kind of put himself into some bad positions, wrestled a little bit too loose. Um, probably not a big deal, uh, but, uh, but yeah, would have liked to see him get another fall. Um, I, I think we'll continue to see AJ separate himself in that regard. He's, he's been working pinning combinations this year and he's been really, really good at it. So, uh, that's, a, that's scary for, you know, the competition moving forward. Cause he, he's very clearly a, tier of his own at 197 pounds which is a really good weight class um but between him and number two there's not it's a big gap it's a big gap i I think two to 12 at 197 pounds is could be anybody but number one is very very clearly uh aj ferrari and then luke serber faced another big tests against number seven jordan wood and and he was giving up, you know, 40, 40 something pounds to to Wood. And, uh, Wood's an experienced, super experienced wrestler, and uh, uh, he he really made Serber pay. Uh, he he got to his leg without much trouble, and then just 
imposed his will on him. Uh, going into the third period, Serber had a decision, and uh, he wanted to take neutral, and you heard John Smith say, get out from bottom. Like, he just yelled it at him. And uh, so he had to take bottom, and that was, uh, uh, hey, coaching, you know. Uh, yeah, it, like, Serber could have wrestled better. He could have attempted some more shots. He could have tried to work his speed a little bit better. But Wood, again, Wood's a sixth-year wrestler. He's been in that program for a long time. Um, and then I think he did a mission before. So he's he's a grown man. And uh, going up against, you know, a 19-year-old and that he's, you know, 50 pounds heavier than, uh, it was uh, it was tough. So Cerber didn't get majored, and we'll call that a win. Pokes picked up the the big win. Uh, John Smith wasn't happy with the performance. Uh, he said they looked pretty soft. Um, said that, uh, you know, they, they just weren't happy with some of the performance from G or, or Plot or uh, even AJ criticized him a little bit. I, I think that it's classic John Smith. And when we get to this point in the season, he uh, he typically does this where he starts to really try to test, put a chip on the shoulder of his team and uh, and get them to, you know, train a little bit harder. Uh, he he wants to see them get better every week. And I I do agree. I, they've regressed a little bit. But the competition's getting harder. At Columbia wasn't much of a test. But Lehigh is really good. So um, I think that this is Coach doing what he does, trying to get them to start locking in a bit as we get to the end of the season. And uh, I think that he's uh, he's just motivating. So we'll see how it continues. Um, this coming weekend, the Pokes have the uh, Children of the Corn coming into town. So the Northern Iowa team and the Iowa State team are both coming into Stillwater. So uh, fun stuff this weekend are... Uh, Rival state, uh, Oklahoma and Iowa. The first one will be Saturday evening, 7 p.m. on ESPN Now. Now, Big 12, Big 12 Plus on ESPN Now, whatever they call it. Um, this is a good one. Uh, UNI is not ranked somehow, but uh, they they they've got a pretty solid team they're putting out there. So uh, if it starts at 125 pounds, we'll have uh, Mastro, ranked number six, taking on Brody Teske, ranked number 13, a sophomore from Duncombe, Iowa. Teske did beat Mastro six to nothing last season, uh, and he had transferred to UNI from Penn State. Um, he's from Iowa. He's a, a he was a, you know, top tier recruit, one of the best um, in his class. So, you know, somebody that they were really excited to have at U and I. Um, he took a really bad loss early this season, but ultimately, 
I think he's somebody who's a bit underrated at number 13. He should probably be in the top 10. Um, but he has looked a little bit worse this year than he did last year. So, And, and Mastro's looked measurably better um, than did last year. So uh, while Teske was quite a bit better than Mastro last year, Mastro has gotten faster. Uh, he's gotten craftier. And he's... Uh, gotten better at getting out from bottom so uh i this is a really really hard one to pick i'm not sure who i think will win this one but since i'm a homer i'm i'm gonna go uh it, you know as toss-ups go to the pokes uh is how i pick them so uh I'm, I'm gonna give mastro the decision there but i could definitely see it going to teske as well uh, number two, Dayton is taking on Kyle Biscaglia, number 24, a sophomore from Waukee, Iowa, um, at 133 pounds. Uh, Waukee's a big scorer with some really, really solid wins. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's, won a, he's won a lot by a major decision in tech fall. But, uh, you know, big scorers against a guy like Dayton Fix – tend to make mistakes that get them pinned. So I'm going to pick that. I think Dayton's going to pick up another fall in this in that one. At 141 pounds, Carter Young's got a big test against another true freshman, Kale Happel, number 23 from Lisbon, Iowa. Uh, Happel has some quality wins on the season. Unlike Carter Young, he beat Alan Hart from Missouri, who's currently ranked number seven, I believe. Um, This is a really tough one to pick because on paper, they are pretty evenly matched. I think Carter having the motivation from taking that loss last week, having the motivation of Coach Smith giving them, giving them a pretty hard time about not being able to get out from bottom, but in like a loving, you know, hey, you know, you got to get tougher and you got to get better here uh, kind of way. I, they've had some conversations, it sounds like. They, you know, understand that they need to get better at, at a couple of these things. I think Carter is going to come out and um, pick up a good win, right? So finally get that monkey off his back where he beats a ranked wrestler. Um, against another true freshman. I think Carter is uh, technically good enough to make that happen. And uh, I think against another uh, inexperienced wrestler, he'll he'll be able to get it done. So I'm going to pick a decision for Carter in that one because, again, toss-ups go to the post. At 149 pounds, you've got uh, Gefeller taking on – number 14, Gefeller taking on Colin Realbuto, number 33, a sophomore from Somers, New York who transferred in from Brown. So uh, I think Real Budo, I he, he might be related to Brian Real Budo, a Cornell wrestler from a few years ago, who I think Joe Smith beat at the NCAA tournament. Anyway, uh, G, I think he gets back to his bonus point uh, streak here. Uh, he's had the, had the down match against Re- or Lehigh, and I think he's going to get back on it. After getting called out by the coaches, uh, I think he'll pick up a major decision here. Number 13, Wyatt is taking on Derek 
Holschlag, a junior from LaPorte City, Iowa. I expect Wyatt to bounce back from his loss, pick up a major decision here as well. Uh, Travis Whitlake, I, I think he will be back in the lineup this week. Uh, there's some hints on it. He could sit out again, but I think it's time to get him back in, and uh, hopefully they uh, he's healed up and they feel confident to put him back. Uh, he's going to take on number 18, Austin Yacht, a junior from Waverly, Iowa. Uh, Whitlake's 3-0 and in this series, and I expect that to continue. Uh, if he... Uh, he, he hasn't wrestled in a while, so I think this will probably be a decision. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it will be a decision, and uh, Travis will get back on the horse here. 174 pounds, Dustin Plott taking on Lance Runyon, number 21, a freshman from Pleasant Hill, Iowa. Last year, Dustin did win that meeting 8-5 to five on January 30th. Uh, so that was before he got hurt in the Valentine's Day tournament. Uh, so if Dustin has made jumps, he should win this one comfortably. If we get Dustin from last weekend, he it'll be a close decision. If we get motivated, Dustin, because he had a bad weekend last weekend, then he could separate. I'll pick a decision, uh, just to be conservative here. 184 pounds, number nine, Dakota Gear. Uh, probably the match of the night here. Uh, if looking at it, 125, 141 are, are big. But 184 is definitely a, a, a huge one for the national stage. Uh, Dakota Gear is taking on Parker Kekheisen who's ranked number four. He's a freshman from Glendale, Wisconsin. Uh, Gear did lose this one in sudden victory last season. Uh, they only met once. They didn't meet again at Big 12s or at NCAAs. Um, Kekheisen's a really good wrestler. He's really exciting to watch. Uh, like all those Askren kids, he's he's somebody that uh, isn't afraid to, to really get kind of dirty out there. Um, so I... On this one, I, I again, I love Dakota Gear. I think he's wrestling at a different level this year than he has before. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how to pick this because uh, I want Gear to win. Like I really want him to pick up this win. It's a signature for him. Uh, it would launch him back up into probably number seven or so in the rankings. Um, would really help his seating out a lot. But Kekheisen's been wrestling really, really well, and uh, he's having a great season. He's made that jump from being a freshman when he hadn't made the jump and he still beat Gear. So I, I, I really have trouble with this one. I don't really want to pick it. So I'm not going to because this is my show, and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so uh, we'll... Uh, We'll leave that one off. It's just a total toss-up. I'm really excited about it. I think I think that's the match of the weekend, really. Uh, so uh, it'll be fun to watch. At 197 pounds, I think Gavin Sticka is going to fill in for AJ Ferrari. Uh, there are a couple questions about that, um, and we'll we'll talk about it here in a bit. 
So, but anyway, I think Gavin Stick is going to fill in for AJ, and he's taking on Noah Glasser, a sophomore from New Hampton, Iowa. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, n- neither wrestler has made much of a splash. Stick, um, honestly, he's he's not having the best season. He's undersized. He's he's really a hundred and seventy four pounder. Uh, so I, I think this will be the lone loss of the duel, uh, and uh, Glasser will pick up the win. But hey, Stick could surprise me. It's an opportunity for him to wrestle for Oklahoma State. So we'll see what happens. And then at heavyweight, Cerber's taking on uh, Tyrell Gordon, a sophomore from Waterloo, Iowa. I guess Carter Isley isn't wrestling this year. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. I figured he'd be out of eligibility after this year, but uh, kind of a bummer because that would have been a big test for Cerber. Uh, probably wouldn't have gone great, but it, it's it's good for him to get those, you know. So uh, we'll see. But since it's somebody that Cerber's better than, I expect him to pick up another major decision, uh, which would put the duel at 30-3, to three, and then depending on what happens in the gear match, it'll be 30-6, to 33-3. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in that one, but I think the Pokes will win this duel comfortably against Northern Iowa. And then on Sunday, uh, they got Iowa State coming to town. Number six, Iowa State. So Iowa State's ha- having a great season. They're finally putting it together. Finally coming back from what John Smith talked about. They've had a rough decade, really. Iowa State's kind of been lost in the desert, so... Uh, they picked up a national champion last year in David Carr, um, really turning things around. They're, they're recruiting uh, across the country, which is some, something we'll see in their lineup here. But 125 pounds, Mastro's taking on number 19, Kaisen Turakina, a freshman from Iwa Beach, Hawaii. Mastro, these two actually didn't meet last... Oh, they did. They met twice last year, and uh, Mastro won both of them. Got a tech fall in March. So uh, I think that we know Mastro overmatches Tarakina. Um, With Mastro being much better this year... Uh, and with his speed and everything, he should pick up a major decision. However, uh, Master hasn't really been separating like that. So I- I'm just going to pick a decision in this one, a three-point decision. Dayton's taking on Ramazan Adesavov, who's ranked number 33. And he's from Nalchik, Russia. Uh, so again, Iowa State going out and getting those international guys, which good for them. Um, normally, I would pick Dayton to continue his fall streak. However, uh, Russian wrestler probably wrestles pretty tight defense. I can see. Uh, I, I think Dayton will probably uh, get a tech fall if he can do the thing where he works. A tech fall and then right at the end pins him. That'd be awesome. That's always a fun uh, little thing that Dayton's been doing. So he he outmatches this guy. I think he scores bonus points regardless. 141 pounds Carter's taking on number 11 Ian Parker, 
a senior from St. John's, Michigan. Uh, Ian Parker's tough. Just real strong wrestler. Uh, great defense. Heavy hands. Uh, he's going to give Carter fits. Just plain and simple. He's experienced. He's good. He's been around a long time. I, I just don't see Carter Young winning this match. Uh, and so I think that's going to be a loss for the Pokes. At 149 pounds, uh, G is taking on Jarrett Deegan, number 21, a senior from Belgrade, Montana. Uh, G won the last matchup in 2019, but it's been a long time. So uh, this is one that he does need to win. Uh, I think he will. Uh, G's been wrestling so well. Uh, he's been he's been defensive, but then he's also been getting to his offense. He's been working those level changes and uh, just looks really good. So I, I imagine he will pick up a decision here. At 157 pounds, Wyatt is taking on national champion David Carr, a junior from Canton, Ohio. Uh, as much as I love Wyatt, uh, Carr's really had the upper hand in this series, in this kind of mini rivalry uh, for the past couple years. And I, I just have to imagine that continues. I think Wyatt keeps it close, um, but uh, Carr, Carr's looking really good this year. I think. If, if I had a vote for the Hodge Trophy, I would vote for David Carr. And uh, uh, that's saying something because I'm a Oklahoma State homer and I like Dayton Fix a lot. So uh, David Carr, though, looks really good. I, I think that uh, he's special. And uh, as much as I love Wyatt, I, I just can't see him picking, winning that one. So that'll be another loss there. Uh, Travis Whitlake will be taking on Austin Crazer, a senior from Ellicott City, Maryland. Uh, Travis should pick up a major decision here. If he's back uh, to normal and he's kind of got his conditioning up, it, it could very well be a decision because, you know, hasn't wrestled in a few weeks. But uh, if tra if the Travis we know and love is back, he, he should pick up a major here. Dustin Plott will be taking on Joel Devine, uh, number 18, a sophomore from West Des Moines, Iowa. Um, these two did not hit last year, um, but <clears throat> they, I would say they're evenly matched, but uh, Divine tends to let people get to his legs a little bit too easy, which is dangerous against a guy like Dustin Plot, who will take shots. So uh, uh, Plot will win this one. Uh, probably by decision. At 184 pounds, you have another super exciting test for Dakota Gear. Uh, he's taking on number eight, Marcus Coleman, a junior from Ames, Iowa. Um, I think Dakota Gear matches up really well with Coleman. Coleman uh, has never really been the strongest technical wrestler. He tends to uh, um, rely on his strength, which gear has shown uh several times in his career that he can e exploit uh so i think that dakota is going to pick up a win here which will be really good because again it'll get him back into the top eight at 197 pounds you have uh gavin sticka taking on younger bastida uh, number 16 freshman from trinidad cuba um Younger's really figured out folk style. 
they I know they were excited to see him against AJ um because they probably think that he he matches up well with AJ but uh I don't know I I I have trouble seeing that because again AJ's uh been really really good Bastida is every bit of 197 pounds and against uh Gavin, I, I really think the important thing here is for Gavin to not give up bonus points because this is a pretty tight duel. So uh, that's a tough. It's tough to uh, to say, but I, I really like the biggest thing there is just go out, don't give up bonus points, don't get pinned, and uh, and then and then you know heavyweight Cerber's taking on number twenty one Sam Skyler, a senior from Kings Park, New York. Skyler's heavier, so it might be tough for Cerber, but Skyler's also not the best wrestler, right? He's not somebody that is going to impose his will. It, it's more like a Heinzelman situation, where I think that if Cerber wrestles smart and doesn't do anything too funky, then he should be able to pick up a win here. Uh, but... Skyler's a senior, he's experienced, he's not going to make those bad mistakes that a guy like Heinzelman might. So um, I am going to pick Skyler to win this one, but I think it'll be really close, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cerber picked up a win. Um, if this washes out, then uh, OSU will win the duel 21-12, which is a little bit closer than we're comfortable with because uh, there's a couple of toss-ups in here. <laughs> Uh, that I give to the Pokes, right? Uh, um, if G if G doesn't bring it against Jared Deegan, then that makes it you know fifteen to eighteen, right? If uh, Marcus Coleman beats Gear, same thing, right? If Divine picks up an upset over Plot, so like there's just some in the you know again if if Bastida pins Gavin, if David Carr scores bonus against Wyatt. It uh, it's a tight one, so folks need to bring their A game this weekend. A couple of y'all asked questions about who I saw replacing AJ, and uh, somebody floated the idea. Uh, J J Rod on Twitter uh, floated the idea of moving gear up to ninety seven until AJ comes back, and Montalvo filling in at eighty four. Um, Montalvo's out. Uh, he's not out of OSU, but he's hurt. Uh, he had surgery on his knee at some point in the last six to eight months. So Montalvo's not wrestling this year. I think they'll try to get him a medical hardship, whatever. So that's not really an option. And frankly, I don't want to move gear around. Gear's having an excellent season at 184 pounds, and he needs to wrestle this weekend's matches at 184 pounds because they're um because they're good tests. You know, they're they're matches that he needs to get. So putting Gavin Sticka Take the L at 197 pounds 
Hopefully AJ comes back. If AJ can't come back, um, there is a thought that maybe you could put Kyle Haas in. Uh, I think he weighs 190. He's probably big. He is big enough to wrestle there. Um, I hate to burn a red shirt. Right? Because I, I think that he's your future at 184 pounds. And uh, is somebody that um, is going to be really, really good. So to lose a year of him for, you know, you're not going to get replacement points at NCAAs for AJ. So I, I just, if, if AJ's out for the year, uh, OSU's not winning a national championship. You know, and, and, and then it becomes a does OSU even win a team trophy because you're losing 30 points at NCAAs. So it's tough. Uh, it's a tough situation. Um, but again, he's alive, he's safe. That's what matters, right? So uh, ultimately, like, Wrestling is important. Oklahoma State's important. It's not as important as that young man's, you know, well-being. So whatever's best for his health, that's what I advocate for. And uh, whatever they feel like they need to do that's best for the team is what they're going to do. I personally think that moving Dakota Gear around would be a huge mistake because I think Dakota – with the way he's been wrestling, has a great opportunity to really make an impact at 184 pounds this year. I think he could be a top six guy, and uh, that would be a great way to cap off his career. I think moving him to 97, uh, I, I, I just don't see it. So he's been his best at 184 pounds, and that's where I want to see him wrestle. And, and that's, I think that's the best thing for the team. Um, so... Yeah, hopefully it's Sticka, and then hopefully AJ comes back. That's the best case scenario, you know. Uh, AJ is back by Bedlam, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, there, there's not much they can do, um, you know. And th- that's the other thing. I, I think I tweeted out there. You know, follow Adam Engel, Jason Elmquist, Seth Duck, Duck Seth Duckworth. Uh, those are your guys for like actual news on this kind of thing, on, on what was going on with AJ. Um, I'm not a journalist, and I wasn't going to put anything out there speculating or uh, stoking any of the anxiety or the fear or anything like that. Um, that's scary stuff, you know, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to be a newsbreaker. Uh, it's just not my job. And uh, it's not what I'm trying to accomplish with this thing. So, um, so yeah, follow the journalist on that stuff. Uh, make sure that you're getting facts there. Um, I'd even caution against following like a Robert Allen. You know, ultimately he did get good info, but he doesn't confirm stuff. Um, he just runs runs it and. Uh, I, I don't have much uh, 
I, I probably shouldn't say stuff like that. Robert Allen is a staple at Oklahoma State, and you know I, he's important, but uh, I think he, I think he did that kind of wrong on uh, Monday night. So uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, those three guys, though, <clears throat> Elmquist especially, he's the pro. Right, like Stillwater News Press, he's been covering Oklahoma State wrestling for a long time. He knows uh, everybody there, uh, so he's gonna get his uh, he's gonna get things right. You know that that's his job. He's a pro. Um, Adam Engel, you know, student journalist, he's doing a great job. Follow him, and then Seth is Seth. <laughs> he's he's the number one guy on Oklahoma State wrestling at this rate. So follow those three, and they'll lead you in the right direction when it comes to actual news on Oklahoma State wrestling. Um, I'm just trying to you know entertain and uh, pick matches and and do all that stuff. So uh, we're having fun. Monday wasn't fun. That. Uh, Hat, that was hard for the program. It's hard for the people involved, and I'm glad. Just <clears throat> again, thankful, so so thankful that everybody's okay, and uh, and hopefully uh, AJ's back uh, soon, and and hopefully uh, the other people involved are uh, able to pursue whatever they need to pursue as well. So uh, yeah. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. As always, really, really, really appreciate y'all for tuning in. There's uh, a few hundred of you, and y- y'all, uh, y'all are uh, awesome. Very loyal listeners. So thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Next week, we'll recap this weekend. Um, I'm going to be in town, so I'm going to be in Stillwater for the UNI and the Iowa State duels. Uh, you know, if you see me, if you know what I look like, I'm not very anonymous, so you can go find me. Um, but if you know what I look like, if you stop me and say hi, great. Um, I'll be there with my dad. I don't remember exactly where we sit, but uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll be around. We'll be at Eskimo Joe's. I know that's a priority for for us to make it to Joe's. Probably make it to Hideaway and. Uh, to uh, have a good time, you know, have a good weekend in Stillwater. So uh, really excited to get up there and to experience it. So if y'all want to meet up, if you want to say hi, whatever, uh, happy to do that. Just tweet at me or send me a DM on Twitter um, and we'll coordinate something. Um, so we'll do a recap of this weekend. We'll do uh, San Diego, or, uh, San Diego State. We'll re- we'll do a preview for South Dakota State, which ends up they're really really good at wrestling, <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a fun one to preview. And then we'll also preview Missouri. The Pokes are, are going to Columbia next weekend. Uh, there's some more OSU Max content that's come out, and I'll uh, talk about some of that stuff. And then uh, hopefully we have some interviews and some AJ news and some other stuff going on to talk about. So I'm excited for next week. Excited to get back on a normal schedule. And uh, as always, go Pokes!